What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another sharp right here. I, I don't know. All right, I wasn't in the military, so possibly offending some people here. Back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Game for being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome Thursday to Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, Crimson Capsules, the second longest episodic running episodic program here on YouTube. We are back in here with a great show. Right around the corner is Valentine's Day, all right? Valentine's Simp Day, or whatever you want to call it, Simping Day. All right, we're going to talk about the benefits. What are the benefits of you simping out on Valentine's Day? A lot of men are very uncomfortable around Valentine's Day. They're a little antsy. They got to get their box of chocolates. They got to get their flowers, all right? You see guys, they really don't know what flowers to get. They show up to the grocery store last minute Monday night. They're headed home to work. They're like, oh, damn, I didn't get my damn old lady some flowers, all right? So they're in the grocery store getting flowers. They looking all uncomfortable with their dockers and their flannel shirt tucked in. They're like, all right, whatever, get those, whatever. She'll like them, all right? Um, Valentine's Day, uh, I believe, you know, most holidays are made to boost the economy. Let's just call it what it is. Most Valentine, I'm sorry, most holidays are made to boost the economy. As you guys know, holidays tend to follow a calendar cycle that uh, basically uh bookmarks summer all right and so most of the major holidays happen uh before the summer break although you have fourth of july pinned in there july 4th all right so people know economically that the, the the holidays during the summer needs to slow down because everybody's on vacation there's no time to be doing holidays but once the summer ends we start right in back with the holidays you start with labor day then you start right back in with halloween then thanksgiving then um christmas then uh the uh new year's eve New Year's Day, and then you go right into Valentine's Day, and you don't even stop there. You have St. Patrick's Day, and then following that, Easter. And then once you hit that, then you have the mother, the mother and the father holidays, Mother Day's Father Day. So these holidays are literally dropped in each and every month, and they bookmark the summer months so that you can be constantly spending money to uh to appease someone. Most people who you're appeasing on these days are women, all right, and or children. The men typically get very little back. On these holidays, man, you're the providers. So typically you're going to get something like the stereotypical gift for a man, a dad, a husband is going to be socks, ties or anything like that. An ugly sweater. So men typically get something like that back or what people have been doing lately. They've been giving out peace leave as a reward. So if you're with a romantic partner, she basically going to say, I'll give you the same piece of peace leave that I gave you yesterday or leading up to the holiday. And I'm going to wrap it in some sort of lingerie to make you think it looks better. All right. Men don't care about lingerie. Women care about lingerie. Men think, think about taking the lingerie off. So just because you wrapped it in 70, 80, $150 worth of lingerie, you wrapped your piece of leave in it. Don't make it any different than the piece of piece of leave he got last week. So this is the problem with the holidays. And a lot of people are waking up to this, not only because of, of what, it, what it is. Everybody knows that it's an uh, economic boost where the money gets to constantly be put into the market. Um, not only that, you have also men seeking that they're, they're not getting anything back from it, all right? Um, it's the same as the thing that I tell you about when you guys go to travel and you bring women to travel, which I think, you know, there's always an exception to the rule to bring women with you when you travel. But, uh, you know, if you have an old lady, if you have a wife, somebody you've been married with, and she, you take her to the Caribbean, and she says, boy, when we get to the Caribbean, I'm going to give you some peace leave you ain't never going to forget. And you believe the same peace leave you gave me in Columbus, Ohio last week? 
Mm. Like, how much different is it going to be in the Caribbean? All right. I would love to enjoy a new piece of peace leave. All right. So if you get there, <laughs> if you when we get there, if you can line a girl up for me, I would be fantastic. But to come in there and say, now you're going to hang from the chandelier when you've been laying there like a Carl's Jr. star all Columbus, Ohio winter. What the hell am I? Mm. What am I looking for? Uh, look, what am I looking forward to? All right. And and also, you guys know that's a that that's a bait and switch. Um, they say that they're going to do all of that and rock your world and knock your socks off. But then as soon as you get there, they got a tour and go here and travel there and get massages and spend your money. All right. Uh, typically spend your money. So um, if you're going to take somebody, take somebody young and enthusiastic. You know what I mean? Somebody that you crushed here. You got to have squeezed their lungs here. All right. Don't take nobody there. To try to squeeze their lungs, all right, as your boy Big Pun used to say. And by the way, let me talk about this real quick. Let me talk about this. Let me put this up. I need to share some thoughts on this one. My thoughts on intellectual property and uh stealing talking points. Um, and, and typically the black men in this sector are always accusing other black men of stealing, uh, it doesn't matter, of stealing somebody's talking points or stealing someone's intellectual property. And uh, we have yet to reach the level of uh, copywriting all of our materials, our philosophies, our ideals, our, our, our catchphrases and whatnot, right? And so it's difficult for actually someone to prove that you've stolen something, right? So, you know, I've been accused of stealing sound effects, all right, which are sound effects that you can hear. Like if you went to, if you left, mainstream if you left the manosphere and you went to any other channel you could hear any other channel using those sound effects but then what will, what happened is you'll use that sound effect here and they'll say you got it from this person and i'm like i was watching mainstream youtube and i got that sound effect so people automatically assume that you got it from here because someone else used it um and people don't understand content creators don't have time to be watching everybody's channels we're not the watchers we're the producers so uh, yeah, there is a level of going back and forth and 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 uh, what people would want to happen is if I say something similar from somewhere else and then you can say, yeah, he he watched that person's show and it's similar. Many times you want every time that 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 you say that thing, you have to give credit. All right. On the spot. All right. So you say something similar or you share an idea that somebody else shared. Or they might have inspired your thoughts. People were like, oh, that's so-and-so's thought. That's so-and-so's idea. Now, I think that's frivolous. I think that's frivolous because what we have to understand is, and this is going to be an important point, all of us are at some point were consumers of watching content before we were producers, right? And so some of us were small channels. Some of us didn't have any channel. And then we started to produce. And oftentimes, your first couple of videos and your first couple of months are going to sound very similar as you're understanding to try to find your voice, it's going to sound very similar to everyone else. All right. Whoever was your greatest inspiration and inspired you to start content, it'll start. It'll sound very similar to someone else. And that's only normal because you're trying to find your voice. All right. Now, um, many of us have been watching this content since 2016, 2015, 20, uh, me for sure, 2015, 2016. Um, and then that inspired you to make the content. So a lot of people say, oh, this person just jumped in here and started making content. No, most people were watching at least a year, two or three before they start making the content. So what we have to understand is, yes, we're going to get people to inspire our thoughts and some things will sound similar. Some jokes, some punchlines will be taken here and there. And you can't stop every time you make a joke similar to something else you found or were inspired by. You can't stop every moment to give a shout out. You might have gave the shout out a week ago and nobody heard it, right? But you came today and you watched me. You were like, hey, that's their stuff. He never gave credit. 
well, the person already gave credit. They're not going to stop every time they say something similar or use a certain catchphrase to stop and give credit back, right? So that's one side of the argument. I think it gets really petty. And I always, and I also notice it's mostly the black manosphere engaging in this ridiculousness. All right. I mean, I think uh, uh, we wonder why the community will never get on one accord. This is an example. All right. The community, uh, the men will be at each other's neck, not only for women, they'll be at each other's neck for content, money, uh, status, whatever it is. I mean, the community will never get on board. Typically, I don't hear this on the other side of the sector. Right? It's just the truth. You can be mad at if you want, but I typically don't hear these allegations constantly lobbed about people stealing content, although I'm pretty sure it does happen. However, however, I will say this. A line was crossed. I don't know when the show happened, but Kevin Samuels did a show, and I'm only hearing the playback, so I am taking it out of context. But I think a line was crossed. Based on what I'm hearing, a line was definitely crossed, and I'm going to say we need to nip this in the bud immediately. All right? When it comes to I'm not going to intentionally give credit to someone who I'm going to paraphrase and read exactly from the content from, okay, that right there is crossing the line. Now, there you can say these, you know, what's going to happen is in the black manosphere also, there's this thing called jealousy, all right? A lot of men are envious and jealousy, uh, jealous of people who are getting positions and making money. The money is a big part of this, man. This is YouTube, okay? It is what it is. So people are watching the rise of Kevin and they're, they're going to take shots at him to try to bring him down. Now he's entering into the mainstream and he's... um. And and he is basically getting exposure that a lot of people aren't. And then as a result, he's getting credit uh, for coming up with concepts that we all know on this side that he not, did not come up with. I'm sure I can watch his show. I don't watch much anymore. I can watch his show and say, that's this person. That's me. That's someone else. And that's neither here or there. It, it's a little frustrating uh, when people come to my channel and say, I'm stealing from Kevin Samuels. And I go, wow. You know, like, wow. I never watch. I rarely ever watch his show because. I already know what's going to happen for the most part, but a line was crossed. I'm going to just tell you right now, a line was crossed and it was crossed by Kevin Samuels and he needs to be called out for this. And the reason why I'm going to call him out is because he needs to not do this ever again. Okay. He needs to not do this ever again. And I'm broadcasting this because I, 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 everyone else is touching on this subject. And I'm going to say this, no one else should cross this line. No one else should cross this line. And I know there's a lot of people who have more subscribers than the next and sometimes we don't want to go down to the younger channels or the smaller channels to give credit all right, to what's happening here. But um, let me tell you something. I, I'm going to say we need to put this, nip this in the bus. So all the jock sniffers of Kevin Samuels, I want you to listen up. Get the message over to him. All these Dick, I mean, Johnson riders out here, all these guys that want to be Kevin Samuels' uh, uh, pet, all right, whatever it is, uh, I want you to listen up and listen good, all right? No one should ever, no one should ever directly read from someone's content and not give them credit. I mean, that to me is, but now listen, he's been known to actually come after other people for using his stuff, right? So he's been very vigilant about protecting his intellectual property, okay? He's also been very, from the beginning, as he started his initial descent, making sure nobody mentions any other content creator in his chat, okay? He does not want that. He will block you for that. I don't know if he still does it now, but that was what his MO was when he was on his initial rise. And we know he's been watching content and other content for, for years before he even got to this rise. But nobody ever should ever say, I'm going to read directly from the free agent lifestyle, but I'm not going to mention Coach Greg Adams' name. Now, that is a violation, and he violated. Okay, that I've been trying to stay out of it. I'm not, I've been trying to stay out of it. 
Um, he hasn't done it directly to me, but I'm sure that there's something related to that probably could come. I'm going to tell you right now, nobody should ever do that, man. Nobody should ever do that. Um, no consecrate. I don't care who it is should ever do that. If you're going to read directly and prior to reading it saying I should give credit, but I'm not because the, 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 what's going to happen is you're going to, not going to appear like the genius that people think you are. Everybody thinks he's an absolute genius. And we all know that that's not absolutely true. All right. Um, he has a good way of doing what he does, but he doesn't come up with, he doesn't come with probably 98% of what he, what he says, but that's neither here or there. What he did is a violation. That is a violation. And he stole originally from, I mean, um, um, in this situation from Alan Roger Curry read initially right from his, right from his, uh, 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 content. I mean, that is different from people using a catchphrase, a sound effect. Um, a lot of the stuff people can't prove, all right? But this one you can prove. You can put your hand right on it. You can put your hand right on it and say, wait a minute, you're about to read it. You're not going to give the credit to the guy because you know that once you do, everybody's going to go over to, all of your subscribers are going to go over to him, okay? And um, and, um, and, and then you're going to say, well, I'm, I'm jacking for beats. No, nah, <laughs> If we go down this road, this is going to create a conflict that we don't want to start. Okay. This is going to create a conflict that we don't want to start. So I'm just advising all content creators. Um, let's, let's not, if we source something and we read from it, we want to, um, uh, we want to give credit. At least if you forget to give credit, you at least can show that you're reading from something that was published by someone else. All right. Okay. You have to give credit. I mean, like, say, for instance, we do fair use. I share other people's stuff. You know, I might put an article up and read from it. Sometimes I will give credit to the author. But if I forget, it's not that I intentionally don't give credit. It's that I skip that part. Okay, that happens all the time. All right, but to say prior to, I'm going to read from this person, uh, but I'm not going to give them credit because it's going to make you lose a little bit favor with your audience or it's going to allow the other per person to build their audience up. I think that is a violation. And we got to do it. We, we got to call that out. You got to call that out. All right. We got to call that. That right there is uncalled for. That's stepping. That's crossing a line that we do not want to get into. Now, this isn't a diss. I mean, because this is beyond a diss. All right. This is serious stuff now. We're getting serious. All right. You're, we're getting serious now. But I literally, I literally like, yo, men, men, we need to come correct because this could lead to you know, when it when it comes to black manosphere, it can lead to um, uh, physical violence. It can lead to legal cases, all right, uh, and all of these things that we don't need that type of attention in here, all right? If you're ashamed of saying a younger person's name or a smaller channel's name, I haven't been really ashamed of doing that. I'm not in competition here. I'm barely comfortable with my spot. Um, But what I'm telling you is, you know, if, if you're intentionally not, bringing up the people underneath you for fear that the people are going to find you, find those people and then say, Oh shit, it sounds like you've been getting your talking points from them or yeah, I think that's an intentional violation and it needs to be called out. So that's what I'm doing today. Somebody wants me to play the clip. Well, there you go. I mean, there you go. There, now you're getting into uh trouble territory because I can't play the clip. I can't play. I can play the clip because he typically does go after people who uses their clip, uses his clips. I mean, how ironic, how ironic. But I'm not here trying to take the guy down. I want him to get wherever he wants to get. 
All right. Uh, to be fair, I really don't care. All right. But it's great to see him come from where he has. That is a source of inspiration in and of itself. However, though, he's not perfect, man. You got to say Kevin read from Allen Roger Curry. You know what I mean? He, that was he was clearly doing that. He said he was going to do that. And he said, I'm not I'm intentionally not going to give credit. No, man. No, 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 no. He can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Anyway, and oh, one more point that I want to make for this for you young content creators. What typically happens is if you're coming into this space at a certain point of time, point in time, you might not have known that maybe a coach Greg Adams was inspired by a Big John. Okay. And so I might say something that Big John had already said in 2016, in 2017. I might say something that AMS has said. However, what I might not know is that AMS might have got the thought from someone else. This person, Big John, might have got the thought from someone else. And so now then people watch me and they go, well, you're Poach Greg Adams, right? And I'm like, who are you talking about? All right, there's one particular content creator that keeps saying I steal his stuff. I swear to God, I, I might be watched five or ten of his videos, but his rival, I've watched thousands of his videos. So his rival would be typically Angry Man. I don't think they get along. But I've watched was definitely highly influenced by Angry Man. So if somebody came over and said, you sound like Angry Man in my earlier videos, I would say you probably are right. You're probably all right because I watched him a lot. If you said in my early first two years of videos, I sound like this dude over here, I would be like, who? That dude ain't. I, I never rarely ever watched his videos. So that's how that's what happens to young content creators. You think you're getting your inspiration from this guy. But inadvertently, you're repeating a thought that somebody else had. You got what I'm saying? This happens all the time. So anyway, um, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's do these super chats. Let's do these super chats in the building here. Uh, ba ba Simon Small is in the building. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. TM says, shout out to the coach gang. Appreciate you. Um, somebody can even say, um, I actually, my theme music, I used to have, you know, the theme music that plays at the end of that long ass Titantron video that I put up that, that beat that you see the free agent lifestyle highlights back in the day, angry man had a beat very similar to that. All right. And one of these days, angry man, I'm like, yeah, I knew you was copying angry man had a beat very similar to that as his background music. I wish he would play it one day for nostalgia purposes. All right. But that beat was selected because it was very close to Angry Man's beat, right? It was very close in the in the in the pace as far as the trap music and et cetera, et cetera. And I selected it because I wanted to be like in any content creator. I wanted to be like him. I tried to do my graphics and his background. I always studied him, all right, in order to start starting my channel. Guys, people do this all the time. But then I hear stuff out of left field. They're like, "You stealing from this guy?" I'm like, "Who? Wait a minute." Nope. Who? Yeah. Who? He's like, oh my God. I'm like, that dude don't, that dude don't have, I'm barely even subscribed to that guy. If I am, I don't watch his stuff. All right. So uh, people have to understand YouTube is very big. All right. You can go watch. Matter of fact, the intro song, let me show you something. This intro song right here. Let me show you this one. Um, This intro song right here. All right, we won't play it, but that intro song is got. I got that intro song now. People associate that with me, 
So much so that if you heard that song somewhere else, you would be like, that's Coach Greg Adams' song. However, I don't own that song. That song is from Epidemic Sound, which most YouTubers use um, what they would call, um, I can't remember what they call it, but they call it certain music, right? Which I didn't make the song. They didn't make it for me. I adopted it as a, a, a song, but I can't copyright the song for me. I probably made them a couple of dollars. But another YouTuber in another sphere has used that song in their vlogs. I've heard it. Royalty free. Royalty free. So what I'm telling you is this is what YouTubers do. I've watched other uh, fitness YouTubers and they've made content in which that song popped up. I was like, wow. You know what I mean? I was like, hey, it is what it is. So these things happen all the time. That's not stealing. All right. That's basically going. This is content that this is content that's allowed to be used. There's only so much we use it. It's a theme song for one person. It's a background song from another person. Uh, one sound effect is a uh, trademark or it's not trademark. One sound effect is associated with a content creator and it can be associated with 50 other content creators. You wouldn't even know. All right. But for me, this is my intro. Yeah, you know, that's me. All right. This is what it is. But uh, what we what we heard the other day was straight out uh, refusing, egotistically refusing to give credit where credit was due. I mean, that that right there, no way. No way. Because I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me. All right. Read directly from the free agent lifestyle and you got two million people watching you and then go, I'm going to read from his book. I'm not going to give him any credit. I think that would be I would be pissed. I would be like, wait, what? That was a chance for them to say my name. And that gave that would have gave me more exposure, right? <laughs> uh, let me do these super chats. Uh, Simon Small, shout out to you. Thank you for being here. TM says, shout out to the coach gang. Toasty Gaming says, on Valentine's Day, I'm going to go out and treat myself to a nice dinner as a reward for the hard work I've been putting in at my trade and on my channel. Hashtag. Free agent lifestyle. Our boy Angry Man is in the house. Let's give him a round of applause. I'll skip down to him. He says, LOL, I don't think you sound like me. You're more, much more calm. <laughs> Measure, you stay out of the drama. But uh, he says, because of that, I'm inspired by you as well. And I'm humbled to know I inspired you as well. Salute, coach. Keep holding the line, fam. Thank you, brother. Good to hear from you. Uh, Valdez, the angry man. I'm telling you, man, I when I was sitting there, we was both going through the same issues. And that's why I started watching you. So when he says he's the originator of the term manosphere or whatever, and as far as I'm concerned, black manosphere, I, I think so. All right. That's who I was watching at the time and watching him go through his personal issues while I was going through it. helped me. Then I was like, let me see if I can do it. But yeah, I don't get angry like the angry man. <laughs> I wish I would, but uh, it's funny when you do it. That's why your name's the angry man. Shout out to you. Um, uh, let's see here who we got. Uh, so, so Toasty Gaming's going out by itself, living the free agent lifestyle. All right, I that's the free agent lifestyle. Go out by yourself. But what you probably want to do is, um, what you probably want to do is um, avoid Monday. You probably want to avoid Monday. All right, uh, don't go out on Monday. Red Pill Lens says uh, every every day for Valentine's or every Valentine's, I instead buy my kids a basket. Of candy and gifts, I no longer serve women. I leave them, I leave that to those blue pills in the matrix. Um, so congratulations. A lot of fathers will do that. And uh, just so you know, when I was married, I didn't do Valentine's Day. All right. So don't think this is something that I came up with after the fact. 
in my marriage, I made sure uh, I that she was aware I won't be doing Valentine's Day. And oddly enough, one of my kids was born on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and so that gave me even more reason to never do it because one of my kids' birthday is on Valentine's Day. Right. Go figure. Right. Go freaking figure. All right. And so uh, it actually now that uh, that 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 child's birthday is on Valentine's Day, I don't even have to think about Valentine's Day. I can literally go, hey, that's my child's birthday. And it will forever be my child's birthday. It never will be Valentine's Day. So I will tell you, um, I will tell you, even when I was married, I was up front. I don't participate in Valentine's Day. And she was fine with it. All right. She was fine with it because it's, you know, I, I saw it for what, what it was. Uh, Humble Lee says, keep saving lives, coach. Shout out to the coach gang. And that's you. And maybe, just maybe she had the child on Valentine's Day on purpose. <laughs> All right, but shout out to you. Thank you, man. We're trying to keep saving lives out here. All right, Monk Mode Master says, last year, a cute snowbird. DM me asking if I had any plans for Valentine's Day. I left that message on red, but no response. Thank God I don't have to celebrate that BS day anymore. Hashtag free agent lifestyle. Yeah, man, I don't. I, I Yeah, I, I get you on that one. So a lot of women will work her way up into cuffing season to intentionally get into the gift giving seasons. We talked about that, right? She needs a holiday party guy, a uh, Halloween party guy. She needs somebody to drag the Thanksgiving then she needs somebody to take uh, get Christmas gifts from. Then she also needs someone to kiss on New Year's Eve. And then, then Valentine's Day comes up. Then slowly after that, she's going to start peeling back. The weather's going to start getting hot instead of rough. The snow's going to start to melt. Spring's going to start occurring. We know spring is the time of fertility, right? The celebration of fertility. And then also then it's a celebration of 304ism because summer's right around the corner and hot girl summer's coming up. So uh, then she's going to start peeling away from you. Um, because now there's no more, there's no more reward. All right. Rewards are gone. And then she'll end up coming back around September or October. Hey, big head. Hey, stranger. Okay. Mm. Then she's single. All right. Right after Easter, she's single Easter. Now she's going on girls trip spring break. All right. It's done. Cuffs come off and you can't tell them what to do. I'm going here. I'm going there. All right. And then they start this cycle all over again. Once September guys, we're we're very much like animals. We have a mating season. All right. And somebody mentioned it yesterday in the super chat. The mating season tends to be October, November, December. Most people are born around the time of um, they're they're born around the time of uh, September. Right. Uh, this is because in the months of December and January, they mating. They're cuddled up. They in the house. You're a little bit slow. You're putting on your hibernating. You're putting on pounds. And then you're more likely to bust nuts in walls. All right. And children are born around that time. July, September, August. All right. TM says a $500 bill for the same piece of peace leave. Gumpamania. Yeah. $500 bill. Oh, Alan Roger Curry's in the building. Hey, ARC has been very visible recently. Shout out to the author. Alan Roger Curry, the mode one approach. He's got his eyes on this uh, stream right here. ARC, somebody woke him up, right? ARC, once you, he's another guy who gets, he's very passionate about what he does. And so ARC right now, he can very much claim to be a victim of what we were talking about earlier. That That's, I mean, <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't you give him the credit? He's obviously the author. I mean, it's very simple. I think I actually have a tab up. If you guys don't know, um, he would be considered a dating coach. We've talked about him in the mode one approach, um, but 
I, I pulled the book up because this, I believe, was directly quoted verbatim from this book. I mean, you can't do this. We need to we need to literally nip that in the bud. And guys, sometimes you get wrong. Sometimes you do wrong. Sometimes you do the wrong thing and everybody, uh, no one's above mistakes. Kevin Samuels made a mistake and I think he should own up to it. Give credit where credit is due. Um, that was a massive mistake and it was a violation. Um, and it's okay, Kevin, it's okay, sir. It's okay that you made that mistake. Uh, we all make mistakes, man. And, uh, we all should hold each other accountable for this one. You should expose your audience to, you should, you should bring ARC onto your show. Without a, without a doubt, he should have great exposure on your show for quite a bit of time. All right. I mean, I think that's the only reward. All right. So anyway, shout out to you. Congratulations. Uh, for being back in the lexicon. This guy's been around for since the year 2000, right? Uh, Platinum Elite says, never buy women gifts for Valentine's Day. It is just the ego stroke for women. He says, you not, you're not getting sex later, all right? She's going to get a tummy ache. Or <laughs> she's like, oh, man, you fed me too well. We ate too much king crab. We ate too much dessert. You gave me too much flowers. We stayed up too late. Too much drink in my belly. You're not getting no monkey double backflips, <laughs> all right, after that. All right. You're not getting any monkey double backflips after that. All right. Uh, Jits World Tats, I believe, says, sup, coach. It's your boy. Demetrius Thomas, he says, was watching KS last night and uh, seeing someone in the chat use monkey double backflips. Uh, so, you know, that goes again to some of the things that we do here. I come up with a lot of phrases. I'm in the Urban Dictionary. You know what I mean? I have books published. And uh, so, you know, I have a pretty decent audience. And what happens is, the phrase gets across. I mean, even um, what's my guy's name? The Israelite pastor, Pastor Dowell. Even Pastor Dowell used monkey double backflips, you know, as a joke in one of his videos. Pastor Dowell. All right. And so this is what happens. Uh, it typically happens. You you say something that's funny. You have a catchphrase and people will use it. I think that's a term of endearment. I think that is that's nice that people will do that. Okay. That's, I think that's nice that people will do that. They don't take credit for monkey double backflips. I don't think you can because it's in the Urban Dictionary under my name. I'll look it up real quick. Let me see here. Monkey double backflips. And I and I don't even use that phrase anymore. Uh, look at that. I just Googled it and it's up here. So uh, let me see here. Let's see if let's see if they gave credit to me. There was another thing that I gave credit uh, got credit for. What was it? Anybody remember? It was in the Urban Dictionary as well. So here I am again, right? There was another phrase that I had that was in the Urban Dictionary. And it literally said, credited me for it. I can't remember what it was. Was it peace leave? I think it was peace leave. All right, let me see here. Peace leave. That's another thing that I came up with. And there it is right there. So um, in the Urban Dictionary, peace leave, a term coined by Coach Greg Adams. So this is how big it's becoming in terms of manosphere. Um, we're coming up with terms that that people are giving you credit for and people are using. I've heard a lot of people use peace leave and it's a great word to use in place of the P word uh, associated with women's anatomy. It's a great place a word to use because it's not censored. Yeah, busted Pillsbury biscuit can. I mean, I literally somebody made a whole dictionary of my terms that I've come up with. So I often find it funny when somebody comes to my show and say I stole something. I'm like, man, the amount of stuff people then. Stole from me. 
All right. I'm not that egotistical when it comes to that stuff. But don't come over here talking about I told the five second snippet sound effect. <laughs> All right. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. Would you take your dusty, rusty self eight years to get a degree ass? <laughs> All right. Anyway. Look at your face and look at mine. All right. We just now no, we ain't getting warmed up. All right. We're not here to cause. Here we go. All right. Some people like, oh, long backed it. I think I don't know. Long backed it. All right. I don't know if I came up with it, but it is what it is. That's last one. Streetside says KS made a desperate move, clamoring to women to build traction and staging discussions. Only uh, a few uh, uh, can see through the madness. Just let time pass. It is what it is. I don't care about what he's doing. I don't really concern myself with it. I'm too busy. You guys got to understand. I'm on a show. I'm on live on YouTube like close to six hours a day. <laughs> so I don't have time. I really don't have the time to be watching everybody's show. Uh, but I do salute them and I'm not trying to get in their way. But the, from what I'm hearing from this, I'm like, boy, we need to get it right. Yeah, flat back that I definitely came up with. Long back that probably not, but it is a great reference. All right, let's get into the show. Let's talk about these Valentine's Day sisms. Uh, right here. I've done a great, great show. What is it? What am I showing here? I'm showing double screen here. What the hell's going on? Wait a minute. Remove. That shouldn't be. I cannot tell. Oh, it's not. That's what it is. It's a video. I was like, what am I watching? I got confused. So it's. <laughs> so here I am. I did a video right here. Uh, let's go back. That shouldn't be here. Why romance is just as dangerous as prawn. We call it porn here. We call it prawn here, but it's porn. Romance versus prom uh, is just. Is one just as bad as the other? I'm against romance, and we're going to talk to you why. We're going to talk about that, and this holiday is a romance holiday. But I'm against romance because it's just as similar, it's synonymous with prawn. Uh, both have the same effect. Both are mythological. Both are unrealistic. And if you're addicted to one, you're just the same as addicted to the other. All right, I've also talked about his dating link to prostitution, courting versus dating. Most people date, and that's what you're doing on Valentine's Day. You are dating you're, but most of it is linked to prostitution. Valentine's Day, the way it's marketed today, is simply just prostitution, all right, uh, in, in some form or fashion. You're doing this to get a reward in the end, all right? And oftentimes, you're doing it with the rates, often of all these things, inflated, all right? Inflation drives up flowers and chocolate prices for Valentine's Day. How timely. And so you have a lot of people here. Inflation and ongoing supply chain disruptions are raising the cost of two traditional gifts. People often given... Uh, often given that uh, special someone, that special someone, flowers and chocolate. It says flower prices have risen because some producers have shut down New York City florist, whatever her name is. See, this is why I don't remember names because I'll be like, and whoever's name, whoever, uh, Banchette Janguala, all right, has had to raise prices above 20%. So if you're on a budget and you're a young man, you're trying to figure out how to make the best Valentine's Day for yourself and you're dealing with inflation. You're dealing with the normal rising prices of these items around Valentine's Day and a short supply. Not only that, boxes of chocolate, things that really don't get consumed, all right? Most of the time, they just get put to the side. Oh, thank you, put to the side. And you spend all day trying to make these preparations to have these boxes of chocolate. And do, does your girlfriend need a box of chocolate? Nope. She probably don't need a box of chocolate. So why are you getting a box of chocolate? All right, so let's go into this. Uh, let's go into the origins of Valentine's Day so you guys know. Uh, let's see here. The dark, dark origins of Valentine's Day. Let's see if we can pull that up uh, before we pull that up. 
Uh, let's pull this up. Our culture is really hooked on romance. Guys, romance is a myth. I broke it down. I'll break it down slightly again. This idea of romantic love is very much a myth. It is almost unattainable. The standards that people put on each other uh, to do so is almost un very much unrealistic. And oftentimes the man has to do all of the work and the woman is the recipient. She just waits. And then at some particular point, she lies on her back like a Carl Jr. star and you get to push and shove. All right, that's basically what people assume is reality. It's what how it's supposed to work. And it is not, all right? We overwhelmingly have never really participated in this type of thing. It is only a benefit to one side, and then the other side is also always the doing the, the, the producing. Same thing with romantic comedies. Uh, romantic comedies such as Pretty Woman, which is basically the seeking arrangements of the 1989 and 1990. All right, you got rom-coms out here being sold to people because of it's a business. Because it's a business, all right? These aren't true. They're nowhere near being true. All of these things are often quoted by, all of these movies are often quoted by people to uh, say that what they want in their relationship. You'll hear women in the community talk about, I want the love like in Love Jones. You'll hear white women who overwhelmingly will watch these movies. I want the love like in Pretty Woman, meaning the 304 being turned into a housewife, right? People will always bring up, uh, let me see, Notting Hill. All of these romantic comedies are just garbage fed to women like prawn garbage is fed to men all right you also have 1990s r&b songs love songs that people will harken back oh we wish we had the good music like back in the 90s r&b or you'll go back into the 1970s with uh with marvin Gaye and uh i can't even think of the woman's name but anyway people want that type of song because it makes you feel good and people will often say these people knew love i played the clip of marvin Gaye, and he overwhelmingly did not believe in love not only that, most of these people who sing these songs, their love life is trash, right? Most of these people either died on a drug overdose, four divorces, uh, dead. I mean, I don't know. You name it. All right. Most of these people have been very unsuccessful with love, but they're great at singing it and they're great at getting you to believe it and they're great at getting you to buy it. All right. And they're great at getting you to buy into it. So romance is a myth. It is crazy. Who am I thinking of? Roman, uh, Mar uh, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Thank you. I believe that's who it is. All right. I couldn't think of it right away. Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, Phil Collins is another example. All of these people who sold you love and romance, oftentimes we're awful at it. What you need to know about the romance fiction genre. I read this, but I'll read it again. Romance publishing, romantic novels are big business. Just like prawn, just like prawn, just like marriage, just like anything else is big business. And they sell it to you, and then they often leave you hanging or holding the bag to try to make it work, and it ain't going to work. According to the Romance Writers of America, the romance fiction industry is worth $1.08 billion a year, which makes it about the third largest than the inspiration uh, book industry and about the size of the mystery novel genre and science fiction fantasy genre market combined. Romance novels regularly top the bestsellers, the major bestseller list, and have a large dedicated audience of readers. Who are the audience? The core audience of regular romance readers numbers a whopping 29 million and the extended audience are those who occasionally pick up a romance novel is likely much greater. 84% of romance novel readers are women, 84% with romantic fiction buyers spanning all age ranges, but the largest sum, 41%, is between the age of the wall, age 30 and 54.
let's give you some more stuff if that didn't hit you over the head. Romantic love is just fantasy at first, according to Psychology Today. And let me give credit where credit is due. This is doctor. This is PhD, Geraldine K. Pirakowski. Pirakowski. All right. And she's talking about fantasy magnifies positive qualities and whitewashes negative traits in a potential partner. Meaning you get in your head, you only see the good stuff and you don't see the bad stuff. Unresolved psychological needs influence sexual attraction. You got daddy issues, all right? Or you've never been able to achieve love, so you keep chasing it. Commitment, communication, and companionship are the big three sustaining factors. It says here, romantic love is among the most written about and photographed topics ever, and yet it is still elusive. This is why I call you Owens. You think you're chasing romantic love, and you keep chasing this rabbit, and you keep coming up empty. It says here, Ephemeral and magical, romantic love can be as hard to hang onto as a wisp of smoke or a cool breeze, while at other times it is a strong desire, uh, durable as steel or granite. Romantic love can sneak up on us, catching us by surprise, blah, blah, blah. All right. While romantic love can be defined as a blend of sexual desire and emotional attraction, a.k.a. lust, its ingredients are not always clear. In addition, it is not readily apparent why romantic love endures some of the time and not others. When a young man was asked on Valentine's Day what love is, he answered, I think it really, I think it's really just a feeling. When you're in love, you just kind of know, and it's pretty indescribable, all right? I don't live my life this way. I want definitions and terms to every damn thing that I'm doing, and if it doesn't make sense, you must acquit. I got that from Johnny Cochran. <laughs> Because romantic love is evoked, uh, because romantic love is evoked to perpetuate the species, it had there it is right there. It has strong biological and unconscious um, underpin underpinnings to create our fantasies, operating just below the level of rational. Mm. You mean stupid thought, uh, rational thought, but manifest in night dreams, fantasy functions, and as an aphrodisiac, aphrodisiac in colors, our perspective. All right, so I wanted to set that up. We're going to talk about the how the valentine's day holiday come up all right uh what romantic love is what we're actually celebrating some of it has a very dark history um if you go here where is it uh where's where's my dark history oh uh where is it? oh there he is the dark origins of valentine's day i'm gonna do some super chats and we're gonna talk about where this holiday stems from how it's been spun into romantic love the mythical romantic love and how you goofballs don't have romance. You can't sell a woman a dream. You have no game. You have no ability to keep your woman inspired. So she has to depend on the holiday to actually get wetter than the Niagara Falls. All right. And we're going to talk about how bunch of goofball you are for participating in it to an extent. I will say I like selling women a fantasy. Let me just go ahead and take that. I will sell a woman a fantasy, but I will let her know I'm selling you the fantasy. I don't mind you participating to the extent of you've already filled every single hole this woman has on her body. All right, that's what it is. It is what it is. If you've already been there and done that, then that's what it is. If you don't think you're trying to get sex in return and you're just handing on a nice gesture or selling her a dream, that's one thing. But a lot of you guys do this to try to make her happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> All right, and you're going to fail at this. Because she cannot be happy with flowers. Now, if you don't give her the flowers, she's really not going to be happy. But when you give her the flowers, she's still I'm not happy. Not going to be happy. All right. Nothing's going to change. Trust me. All right. Let's go ahead. Am I dropping nuke bombs today? 
All right. We came out hammering hard here. All right. And I'm breaking romantic, uh, hopeless romantics hearts. By the way, I've told you, hopeless romantics are the worst people on the man uh, on the on the manosphere. Hopeless romantics are the worst people in the dating marketplace. Stay far away from hopeless romantics. All right. I am not the one to play games with hopeless romantics. All right. Uh, they are desperate. They often want you to overlook obvious flaws in exchange for love that doesn't exist. We already can prove that it doesn't exist. We already can prove that it's temporary. Most people stay together not out of love. They stay together out of respect. They stay together out of loyalty. They stay together out of a commitment that they made. But love don't got nothing to do with it. What's love got to do? Got to do with it? Nobody's in love that long. Six months tops. <laughs> that feeling of love is six months tops after you done fornicated for about you know 50 60 times it's done it's all gone all right yeah they're staying at each other out of obligation out of necessity this is why people stay together this is why your grandparents stayed together might i add they stayed together out of obligation your mama just couldn't run in these streets in these streets your grandmama your great-grandmama was a flapper all right your great-grandmother was Dorothy Dandridge. Not Dorothy Dandridge. Did I get the right one? Dorothy Dandridge. Your great-grandmother was a flapper. Your granny was out there in the hot pants back in the 70s in them streets. Or she was in the push-it biker short days. All right, that was what your granny was doing. And then your mama was out here in these streets running around chasing Belle, Biv, and DeVoe at the same time. Backstage, underage adolescents. Now, when they got married, your great-grandmother couldn't go nowhere. Your grandmother couldn't go nowhere. She's sitting around looking like um, looking like uh, Coretta Scott King. All right, she ain't going nowhere. Martin Luther King saying, where are you going, bro? Mm. You ain't going nowhere. Plus, I'm piping down half of uh, Selma, Alabama. All right, where are you going? All right, she couldn't go nowhere. She couldn't get no job. So they stayed together. They stayed together. Yeah, your great-grandmother was at the Cotton Club. What's, this, what's the club in Harlem Nights? No, 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 uh, Life. What's the club in life? I can't think of the club in life. <laughs> all right. I can't think of the, uh, the boom, boom club, the boom, boom room. Yeah. Your great grandma was in the boom, boom room. All right. She won't tell you this. <laughs> she ain't going nowhere. All right. Credit, credit Scott King was like, I'm leaving you. Martin Martin was like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh, so for, if you white, yeah, your grandmother was at Studio 54 doing lines. All right, that's what she was doing before she got married. And then she got married. She ain't going nowhere. What's she going to do? Divorce her? What you going to do? Your mama was in the club doing stanky leg. All right, so we act like all these people were just in love. They were there because they couldn't, nobody else could go nowhere. Just that's what it was. She didn't have no options to divorce. Soon as they got no-fault divorce, then women could be like, we cutting ties. And as you see, the divorce rate has skyrocketed as a result. The Roxbury, yeah. All right, all our all your Italian guys, y'all was at the Roxbury. That was where your grandmama was. Your abuela was out there in the middle of uh, Juarez doing the stanky leg. What was she doing out there? Swing, not swing dance. What do they like to do? Salsa. She was salsa in between El Paso and Juarez. Mm. Oh, Harlem Nights was Club Sugar Rays. Yeah, we got girls. We got gambling. I'm in charge of the girls. I'm in charge of the girls. <laughs> right? That was your mama, Della Reese in uh, Harlem Nights. That was your great-grandmama. All right? So stop it. <laughs> All right? Stop the stuff, man. Anyway, 
Shout out to Mr. Oh, did I get Stormy? Shout out to Stormy, the Black Master Roshi in the building. Thank you, sir. Mr. Gluco says Big John is the GOAT. He says, got me questioning my life, I swear. See, Big John was another one. I, I literally was like overdosing on Big John, angry man. That's where I was overdosing, all right? All right, every now and then I would venture out, but I had my favorites, and uh, it is what it is, you know? We have the penis, right? <laughs> Shout out to Big John. Miss him. Shout out to Angry Man. We got you earlier, man. Good to hear you. MGTOW Flight, French Toast Props, dude, coach, took that track to another level and brought another perspective to that track. Yeah, man, it matches me now. All right, Fredo, Frodo, Bagham Young. Coach, what's your tip on double up benching? Wait, what's your tip on oh, doubling up on benching? He says, I'm at uh, 265 with a body weight of 150. You're pressing a lot of weight there. Um, is that 255? Is that 265? How many reps? Is that a one rep max? Uh, typically, you want to uh, you want to build on um, you want to build on heavyweight low reps, but you want to work at 65, 70, 75, 85 percent of your one rep max uh, with low reps. So you're pressing yeah, high intensity. You're doing high intensity. So probably a little bit more one, two days a week, all right? Not every day, but you want to be up 70, 75, 80% of your one rep max to be able to do that. Low reps, explosive reps, all right? And then you can do it. But I don't know where you're doubling up from 265, bro. 265, all right? Mm. Now you at 400 and you at 520. You got the bench press record. You Dino Bravo and Jesse Ventura. Mm. My man said, I'm Dino Bravo in here. Shout out to Dino Bravo, one of my favorite Eels. DGC more back in the building. All right. DGC Soldier says, Coach, uh, I got some beats for you, royalty free. Let me know. I can get them to you. Shout out to the coach gang and be no nation. All right. Appreciate you. Somebody says gear. Gear will help too. Uh, send me an email, uh, beat wise, and I can feature them somewhere in my vlogs, typically, right? That's where I would fe feature them. Um, but uh, 265, you're good. Shout out to you. Congrats. To, there's a lot of music people in here that I've been in touch with. So let me know. And I can put a couple of songs together too. All right, where are we at here? Montreal Taylor says, Coach, what's funny is that I use your intro song as my ringtone and Kaylee's love it when the beat drops. If only they knew. All right, shout out to you. Um, man, man, hey, Kaylee's love that. They're like, yeah. When that beat drops, I'll tell you, that song is, to me, I love that song. John Ellison been telling you he's been stealing your content forever. All right. Um, again, I don't want to get into that because then it's like, I'm not trying to have professional jealousy here. I know that there's stuff that, that goes over and filters over to because he watches, he watches just about everybody. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, using certain phrases and, and not giving people credit over time, specifically, to prevent them from being exposed to your audience, that's becoming flagrant. It's becoming flagrant, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's intentional. Like there's there's really ever times where it's, you know what I mean? And I, I can guarantee you, I've never been named on that show. You know what I'm saying? I'll nev I've never been named on that show. Now that, that's flagrant. That, I mean, that would be intentional. And some at some point, people are gonna be like, come on, bro. You know what I mean? You know who that is. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's never read from the free agent lifestyle or whatever. He's never promoted it as far as I'm concerned. He might have. I'm not sure. I mean, we once touched base related to that, but I'm not sure. I haven't I haven't watched enough to know. 
but I know I ain't never been named over there. But it is what it is. You know, I listen. It is what it is. I build my own content. Mr. Spice says, Coach, looking. He says, the camera's looking good, Coach. We got to get a lot of simps. He says, we going to see a lot of simps work this weekend. Hotels be booked with simps and gumps and straggles. Time to cash in and shuffle, too. We got to get some shuffling in. And shout out to you guys taking your girl to a hotel to get the same piece of piece lead that you didn't got when you was in Tupelo, Mississippi. I can do some shuffling, too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Again, I don't know. Like you said, I don't watch the show that much because I'll be asleep by the time the show coming in my time zone. I'll be like, I'll be trying to get a Kaylee in. All right. The show coming on like at seven o'clock. I'll be like, I didn't, I'm in the middle of trying to get a roar in by the time it come on. Cause I finish my show. I wrap up and do all my stuff. Kaylee's be knocking at my door. Coach, I'm here dropping out peace leave. Okay. Come on in. All right. I ain't got time. And then guess what happened? I, I get my roar in. I get Kaylee out the door. I go to sleep and I wake up and then it's time for me to do my show. So it's time to do my morning show. So I, I haven't even caught up yet. That's why I love dudes be like, you watching my show. When? <laughs> like when I do my morning show. So it is what it is. I ain't, it is. I'm not arguing if he's ever said my name, but it is what it is. We need to fix this. It needs to be fixed. Can we, can we fix this? That's all I want. And shout out to my new internet service with this camera. Look at this camera, bro. We were struggle streaming two weeks ago and look at us now. Tracy Mill says, I used the term marital missionary and my homeboy was dying. Shout out to you, coach. That's another one. Uh, have I come up with marital missionary? I'm sure somebody can lay claim at that one. But I've definitely have some Carl's Jr. star. I came up with that one for sure. All right. Carl's Jr. star. I came up with that one. Marital missionary. Yeah, I think I might have. I can probably lay claim at that one. But again, I couldn't trademark it. That's something you couldn't trademark. Right. But drop off peace leave. Yes, that's going to be me. Ray McKinney says, I dropped three grand on the golf club this afternoon, and now I'm back home unapologetically gassy. Wow, three ga- oh, you dropped three grand on golf clubs. He says, free agents, guys, the answer stares you right in the face. Hey, free agency is beautiful, man. Five-stroke special, yeah. Um, Free agency is great. You can drop three grand. Look, man, I spend money on myself. Always tell people don't ever give me a gift. All right, it's the gift you're going to give me ain't going to be what I want to get myself anyway. All right, so uh, shout out to Anthony Velasquez. Velasquez, happy St. Gumper's Day, CGA. Last one, KL says, a moment of silence for another one. Coach found out a co-worker is proposing as we speak. Also, in my opinion, uh, KS, the constant creator, has sold out. He's too close to the celebrities now to be trusted. Shout out to the Chronicles of Judah, another individual that I used to watch. Not often, but I watched him enough um, at one particular point. I think I, you know, he was like one of those constant creators I binge watch. All right. I don't watch him all the time. And uh, so shout out to him as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is on that one. A lot of guys are proposing this weekend. Woo. I guess we'll do two more because that's the last two. Uh, who is it? King Nomad says, for me, Valentine's Day is contingent upon the success of Steak and B-Job Day. Steak and B-Job Day is the day before Valentine's Day. No Steak and BJ, then no Valentine's Day. Nope, nope, nope. 
All right. He wants to stake in BJ first. All right, Caprice, last one. Let me get that shuffle, coach. That clip is legendary. Hey, I've been played in a couple days, so we'll play it again. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you gonna do? Those poor guys were taken advantage of and victimized to make that damn scene. Sellouts, coons, Uncle Toms. <laughs> All he doing is just being doing the stanky leg. All right. He just wanted to have some fun. Let's get back to the show. The dark origins of Valentine's Day. Sometimes I'm sure like people like the Chronicles of Judah, the people who have done research, some of these holidays you celebrate probably have some dark history and origins to them. They have no authenticity to them. Uh, all that is is ham and eggers and knuckle draggers and mouth breathers basically trying to tell you you need to participate in this to make me happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> and then let's read where these origins have come from. I have two stories on this one. All right, we're going to rip Valentine's Day a new a-hole. Valentine's Day is a time to celebrate romance and love, which we already qualified as a myth and kissy face. Uh, I don't know what that is. Felty, he says, but the origins of this festival of candy and cupids are actually dark, bloody, and a bit muddled. Though no one can pinpoint the exact origins of the holiday, one good place to start is in ancient Rome, which we always say romance, Rome, romance, and Greece as well. These places are geographically close. All right, um, closer than you know. It says uh, close Mediterranean base. Let's just call it that. It says where men hit on women by well hitting them. Woo! These wild and crazy Romans from February 13th to the 15th, the Romans celebrated the feast of Lupercalia. The men sacrificed a goat and a dog, then whipped women with the hides of the animal that they just slain. <laughs> the, Roman, the Roman romantics were drunk. They were naked, says Noel Linsky, a historian at the University of Colorado at Boulder. Young women, young women, young women, young women, young women, Brigham Young University, all right? Shout out to Brigham Young University. Does it say old women? Nope. Does it say old 40-year-old women? Nope. Does it say single mothers? Nope. Does it say? <laughs> it says young women. Do you hear me? It says young women were actually lined up for the men. Men. Did they say old men, young men? They didn't distinguish. They said for the men. Ah, yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> you look like no. a freshman. Yeah. yeah. Joe Biden lined them up and said, freshmen over here, sophomores over here. Right. It says young women are actually lined up for the men to hit them, Linsky said. They believed that this would make them fertile, fertile. This is how young they were, boy. I tell you, hitting them would make them fertile. Boy, this tells you how young they were. Boy, I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> Jesus. These must have been young. Oh, boy, these weren't freshmen. I beg to differ here. Here we go. The Bruto Fete. I don't know what that word is, included a matchmaking lottery in which young men drew the names of women from a jar. All right, now we have young men and drawing names from women in a jar. The couple would then be um, coupled up for the duration of the festival or longer if the match was right. And then the ancient Romans may have also been responsible for the name of our modern day of love. Emperor Claudius II executed two men, both named 
Valentine on February 14th on, of different years in the third century AD. Their martyrdom was honored by the Catholic Church with the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. All right, last one. Later, Pope Galatius, Galatius the first muddled things in the fifth century by combining St. Valentine's Day with Lupercalia to expel the pagan rituals. But the festival is more of a thea, uh, theoretic, wait, theatrical interpretation of what it had once been. Linsky adds it was a little more of a drunken revel. But the Christmas, but the Christians put clothes back on it. They didn't stop it from being a day of fertility and love. Around the same time, the Normans celebrated Galentine's Day. That's Galentine's Day in the normal, in our world, it's Galentine's Day when the girls go out together for Valentine's Day. But Galentine or Galentine mean, meant lover of women. That was likely confused with St. Valentine's Day at some point, in part because they sound alike. Wow. So as you see, it just got muddled up and uh, Galantine or Galantine uh, Galentine's Day, Galentine's Day got confused with Valentine's Day, the origin of the original Valentine's Day, and then it turned and evolved into this love. And we know what Shakespeare has done. Shakespeare, we're not going to read through it, but Shakespeare, um, Shakespeare definitely uh, used romance as comedy. This is where you get romantic comedy. A lot of the romance in the, in the Shakespearean plays were based on tragedy or comedy it was not based on reality and a lot of people took from shakespeare the love stories and they develop into this romantic myth but they were oftentimes used as comedy or tragedy all right so in this one it says that today the holiday is big business according to the market research firm ib ibis world valentine's day sales reached 17.6 billion dollars last year this year's sale are expected to top 18.6 billion but the commercial but the commercialization has spoiled the day for many there you go right there helen fisher of sociology at rutgers university says we have only ourselves to blame this isn't a command performance she says if people didn't want to buy hallmark cards they would not have bought and wait they would not have bought and hallmark would go out of business hallmark so as you see people are forced into participating in this holiday, only because people think it is a tradition based on love, and really it's not. Really it's uh, muddled in confusion, all right? And there it is, the legend of St. Valentine, and they'll talk about um, they'll talk about exactly what we read here, all right? So we, are we following me right now? All right, so romantic love, I read that, all right? Here it is, the, the myth of... The, the myth of romantic love may be ruining your health. Romantic love is a in Western societies is often portrayed in a stereotypical way to yearning halves who search for each other to find their complete original state. Few find this bliss because it is a myth dating back to Plato. And this is written by Suzanne Bosmer, giving credit where credit is due. A woman in Greek mythology, the perfect lovers were joined together and sliced into two. Love then is the desire of each part to find the missing other. This myth lingers on in popular culture, love stories, and romantic comedies. It affects our social identity, 
hopeless romantics, namely, which for many is formed by a stereotypical scripted portrayal of relationships. That is crazy. It's formed by stereotypical scripted portrayals of relationships. This is why, and I'm going to tell you guys, a lot of women are imprinted early. Disney, romantic comedies, uh, these romantic books for teenage girls, their crushes on pop stars, you know, puppy love and all of this stuff. And what happens is they find you, you have a desire for them, and then they make you fit into this scripted mold of what you should do in order to get their love, right? And if you do something other than the script, you're the wrong. You're in the wrong. You're like, what's wrong with She's like, what's wrong with you? Don't you know love? You don't know anything about love. You just finished playing pickup basketball. So you're like, what? What am I supposed to do? And then she tells you, based on the script, what you're supposed to do to get her. And if you should falter in any way, she says, I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah, Twilight, all of these things. This is all programming. And this woman pins it perfectly by saying the myth lingers. It says it is our society. It, it affects our uh, societal social identity, which for many is formed by stereotypical scripted portrayals of relationships. Often less consciously, we keep on searching for our missing half. These are the Owens, the ideal, but divorce rates attest to why this ideal doesn't exist. This is what I've been saying over and over again. I've been called a misogynist, bitter, hurt, what have you. But I'm telling you right now, I'm in the right on this one. You guys are the ham and eggers. You guys are the mouth breathers and the knuckle draggers. Anyone who believes in romance, anyone who believes in love, anybody who believes in uh, this idea of hopeless romanticism and finding your second half, you guys are in the twilight zone. You guys are out of line. And oftentimes, guess what? You're almost always the most unhappy with relationships. I'm not happy. <laughs> and then most likely you're the ones initiating divorce because the person doesn't follow the script. She says nowadays, many people escape into the virtual world and search for their ideal relationship, which I think is dumb. Online dating, flirtatious messages, and sexting are often used as an antidote to loneliness, lack of in in intimacy, and the painful experience of loss. In cyberspace, we can be whoever and whatever we desire to be. This gives us pleasure, but it seduces and lures us into the imaginary the world of the unconscious where desires we didn't even know we had are immediately satisfied in the virtual world. She concludes, here we go right here. Let's skip to this part. Uh, no, let's not skip to her. It is easy to become addicted to the virtual world because real life love can't compete with it. I've been saying this from the beginning. I said you can't compete, especially if she is in the virtual world. You can't compete. Even if your wife is in the virtual world, you can't compete. She's going to get high levels of endorphin kicks, and she's going to get high levels of feedback that you can't keep up with. So if I real love desire her in real life, I can't compete with it if she's in the virtual world and using that as well. This is for, and, and let me just tell you, if she's using that from the jump and then you meet her somewhere four or five, six years into, a, uh, into her virtual world experience, she's gone. She can never be loved in the right way. OK, she can never be loved in the right way. Just like those women that had the twin Tinder swindler. These women admitted to be on dating apps for five years and continuing to be on dating apps. And guess what? They haven't found success. And they think you're the wrong. You're in the wrong. But it's really them. They've ruined themselves. All right. For some, a return to reality is difficult. 
just like I said, or even impossible as rising internet addictions and online infidelity show. This can result in various emotional stress, hopelessness, anger, and pain in behavioral reactions, fight, revenge porn, divorce, substance abuse, binge eating, and or not eating. The link between stress, a broken heart, love sickness, mental health, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, insomnia, and physical health exhaustion is well documented. You guys stay up all night texting. Who wrote this here? Uh, it was edited by Beth, Beth Daly. I'm I'm giving credit where credit is due today. I'm 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 following my I'm practicing what I preach. Let me give you one more and then we'll do some super chats. It says right here, the burdens, the burdensome myth of romantic love by David C. Dolomite, not Dolomite, and Betsy Van Vanderberg. Vandenberg. Uh, let me tell you something. These are some old people that wrote this, right? David and Betsy. Uh, there was a part that I wanted to read this. This is what I wanted to read. The Western fixation on romantic love creates a crushing burden, crushing burden for mere mortals. Meaning you knuckle draggers, you mouth breathers, right? You ham and eggers. It endures, I'm sorry, it engenders a powerful myth regarding love and courtship and marriage that a fallible human partner can not only share our passions, but sate our um, existential yearnings. Contemporary couples expect much more from marriage than it can realistically deliver. A phenomenon noted by social psychologists she says, as Eli Finkel of Northwestern University observes, most of us, quote, most of us will be kind of shocked by how many expectations and needs we've piled on top of this one relationship. A lot of this time happens. He's not doing this and he's not doing that. She's not doing this and she's not doing that. Guys, you're placing unrealistic expectations and too much onto one person. And many people are guilty of doing this very swiftly. You will do it right off the rip. Oh, you like me? Okay, do all of these things. It's impossible. The problem arises from the myth of romantic love affect. Wait, the problem arising from the myth of romantic love affect not only the secular culture, but also people who, while trying to adhere to their faith, must deal with the competing ideology, mythologic, uh, mythology, sorry, surrounding them. We all fall prey to the lore and so the rise of romantic love myth has conceded, coincided with an increase in marital breakdown. I got to read that again. We all fall prey to the lure. And so the rise of the romantic love myth has coincided with an increase in marital breakdown. Emblematized by a 50% divorce rate. So all of this romantic love, which should be so easy to achieve, Often these standards are heaped onto people chasing these dreams of Valentine's Day in which the man often gives and uh, he receives very little. And then she still says, I'm not happy. <laughs> right. And it says right here, a recent study at the University of Maryland's Phil Cohen uh, reinforces the breakdown narrative by showing that the marital satisfaction has declined in the last several decades. In the 1970s, 68% of Americans say, they were very happy in their marriage. Today, it's 60% that say that. All right, so 
I'll leave, I'll try to leave these links in the description box for you to do your own reading and research to draw your own conclusion. But this Valentine's Day, this Valentine's Day, what you're chasing, this romance, love, it all sounds fine. And listen, ladies, I'll sell you a dream for about an hour. Mm. Ladies, I have no problem. And this is where we're going to get into the Simp Olympics. We'll do that. I have no problem selling you this dream for about an hour. You got an hour on the clock. Tick, 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 tick. We'll go dancing on the ceiling. We'll go singing in the rain. We'll get the flowers out. We'll get the horse and carriage. My horse and carriage is for hire, senora. <laughs> All right, that's uh, Eddie Murphy joke from Raw about Desi Arnaz from I Love Lucy. Giving credit where credit is due. I'll play this game, ladies. I'll let you put on that red dress and slip on your high heels and some of that sweet perfume. This is Johnny Gill. It sure smells good on you and slide on your lipstick. Yeah, man. Put on your hair weave. Yeah, we're going to do all that, baby. I'll twirl your ass around in the rain. We'll dance between the light posts. We'll dodge each other. We'll do, you're the one that I love. Ooh, 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 yeah. The one that I love. Yeah, bro. We'll do that, man, for about a good hour. After that, face in the pillow, ass tooted up. <laughs> Listen, that's it. All right? You got one hour. That's it, ladies. One hour. After that, you attach to my spinning wheel. Handcuffed, hands handcuffed right there, legs latched in. I'm going to spin your ass around, and we're going to play a game. Tick, 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 tick. Wherever the pointer lands and points to, that's what I'm taking on. That's what I'm pleasuring next. We got to play both sides of the thing. We're not just going to romance, romance for two, three, four, five hours, get carried away, and then go home. Oh, why don't we sleep and cuddle together? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We doing prawn. If we're doing romance, we're doing prawn the same evening. <laughs> All right. That's how I do things. And go ahead and listen to this woman explain why peace leave is not a gift. Um, and she's going to explain it. She has a very thick, I believe, a Caribbean accent. I can't pinpoint what it is. But let's listen. I'm not going to go on the day. And ladies, by the way, let me just say this. Let me just say this categorically and unequivocally. <clears throat> Our Tony is not a gift. Our Tony is not a gift. Our Tony is not a gift. By itself. By itself. I've heard from last year, a lot of men have been complaining that they're giving. I love her accent. Gifts to their women and their women wouldn't even think to give them a gift. Isn't that ironic? A lot of the gifts are given by the men and then the women literally repackage them, their body in lingerie and present it to you. Ma'am, I was sleeping with you last night. All right, that ain't no gift. <laughs> a lot of women are banking on the fact that, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, have sex with you. So that's the gift. Ladies, don't be trifling. <laughs> she said, ladies, don't be trifling. She's my Jamaican queen right there. Shout out to you, queen. All right, your face getting a little wider, though, but that's all right. Don't be butter is. Don't be ungrateful. Yes. Not for we have nice, clean man. Because as I say, and every man dirty. Ooh. A lot of us have a lot of kings out here. Kings. And if you have a man yeah. who has been going hard for you uh -huh. and who goes the extra mile, we need to go the extra mile for him. There you go. Okay, what do you suggest, ma'am? Miss Kitty. Buy a new underwear 
Oh. Okay, I'm going to town. You have to be Victor's Secret. You have to be La Perla. I don't understand, but that's okay. You can go downtown, any look away, and buy like a nice panty set. I would be lost in Jamaica, really. <laughs> I don't know the teens and all of the stuff that she's saying. I would be like, I don't understand 90% of what you're saying, but it sounds cool. I wouldn't get a Jamaican accent. <laughs> all right, boomer clot. And what the blood clot around here. All right, shout out to what the blood clot. That's how I know. Boomer clot, blood clot. Why did everything all, you know? Me understand, coach. Me understand things. <laughs> me understand things, Boomer Clot. And you got to move it this way and to go down to town. And the I don't know what they're talking about here. And I'm not even shuffling. I'm not even shuffling, Boomer Clot. She sound nice, man. But she sound like she would chew your ass out in that accent, too. Let's do these super chats. Oh, man. If she really got angry, I wouldn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> All right. I would be like, I'm trying to understand you. Uh Sana says divorce corp rubbing hands like Birdman. <laughs> Shout out to my Jamaicans out there. We do things. We do big things around here. We big boys, we do big things. Is that Jamaican? Do I sound good? Uh Sana Divorce Corp is rubbing its hands. You know, you can fall for this fairy tale. I'm gonna tell you, man. I and even though I did get married, I never was really into love like that. You know what I mean? I never was really into a, a believer. I'm too, I'm too pragmatic. I'm too, I'm too logical. You know, I'm not a, uh, you know, oversized cranium um, knuckle dragger. You know, I'm not just a believer in things like that. It's hard to get me to believe in stuff. I'm very much, what do they call it? There's a term for it. Um, and they call Generation X this term. We're, uh, gosh darn, what is the term? It's hard to sell us something. I can't remember what the term is. Somebody help me out. I can't remember what the term is. Um, but that's what, skeptic, not skeptic. Is it skeptic? Skeptical. I think that's the term I'm thinking of, skeptic. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a skeptic. I, I'm basically like, if you tell me something, I'm, I think it's skeptical. You know, logical is one thing, pragmatic, yes, um, skeptical you gotta sell me on something and it gotta make sense like right off the rip i'm gonna just be looking at your ass like <laughs> i'm not a pessimist i definitely is more of a realist but you know you can probably think i'm a pessimist i'm always gonna look at what could go wrong because i'm skeptical i'm like wait a minute so you're saying and skeptical people typically came from situations where um they came from broken broken type uh situations like um typically men that came from broken situations or they had war or they came from hard settings growing up it's hard to sell them anything if you came from happy times and it's every eye la 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 what's that movie uh pleasantville if you came from pleasantville you can get sold and bamboozled and hoodwinked on everything every time you go somewhere you're gonna get bank uh hoodwinked but I'm like definitely more of a skeptic. I literally got to be like, it got to make sense to my life. And it has to be practical application. And I'm going to start right off the rip. I'm going to be like, oh, look, man, you're going to have to sell me. I'm going to need to see some research. <laughs> I'm like, nah, man. I've been, I've been around this block too long, especially when you're pushing me. You're pushing me to do it. I'm going to really be like, that's it. <laughs> All right. I don't care what you were saying was true. I'm not doing it. 
I, just on purpose, just on purpose. You're like, look, man, not, you're not giving me time. You're pressuring me. You're trying to make me do something without thinking about it, without evidence. No, I'm a skeptic. And I think Generation Z has been left alone, you know, as latchkey kids for so long. Most of our generation is very skeptical. That's a, one of the characteristics of Gen Z. Like baby boomers fell for every damn thing. Any any agenda, <laughs> any agenda that came up, baby boomers fell for it hook, line, and sinker. They're the opposite of skeptical. All right. They just believe any damn thing. They went with it. They, they, they got it and manipulated and hoodwink and bamboozle. Um, so much so now. I mean, just look at them now. They scared and in a hole somewhere. Right. You can't find a baby boomer out in public. If they are, they tipping around like this, like the Pink Panther. Dun-dun. They face covered in masks. They walking around with face shields. The baby boomers out of their mind scared. All right. Because they fall for everything. But but Generation X, you know what? You know what Generation X has gone through? Let me tell you what we've gone through. We've gone through the end of the Cold War where we were basically uh, bomb sheltered, evacuated on a regular basis through drills. Okay. In school. Like Russia gonna get us. Russia was always gonna get us. Iran is always gonna get us. You know what I'm saying? Saddam Hussein was gonna get us. Like there was always a boogeyman and a boogie monster around here. We're like, oh, they're gonna get us. And after a while, they never got us. So and now they'd be like, the next person gonna get us, and we'd be like this. <laughs> Generation next, like word, they gonna get us too. Got it. All right. You normally gonna get got by your own people. So we often been scared. We we were we were uh, young adults at 9-11. We were younger adults in Desert Storm 1 and 2, all right? So we, we had the weapons of mass destruction. I mean, you name it. <laughs> you name it. Generation X, Ben, we're looking at it like, bruh, when is any of these things going to come true? Y'all keep telling us. All right, so by the time we get to 2020, we sitting there. We staring at y'all Martin Luther Lee. Y'all going to die if y'all get some droplings on your lip. Generation X like this here. Yeah, we had all the kill serial killers, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez running around Los Angeles when I was a kid. He's just like, what? He going to get you. You got to live in a yellow house. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We they scared us with just about everything. It's the same when you have kids and you sell wolf tickets to your kids. After a while, your kids gonna stop believing you on just about everything. So this is what Gen X has been going through. We had to go through a whole 9-11. Oh man, they flying planes into the middle. We like, what is going on? Who did it? And then they flashed up Osama bin Laden. We was like, there he is. The boogeyman finally got us. <clears throat> then they went to war with Saddam Hussein. We was like. We were sitting there like this, huh? <laughs> we was like this. Yeah, they was like, hey, watch out for that. I'll get to the super chats. They was like, watch out for that. Remember the mailing thing? Oh, they mailing you, they mailing you a uh, powder. You're gonna open your mailbox, you're gonna open the mail, and the powder gonna get into you. What was that powder called? I can't remember it. They had the Unabomber. Don't open boxes. All right, bro. Killer bees, bro. It's 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 anthrax. Yeah, you gotta go through anthrax. They send it in the mail. 
how many people you know got some anthrax in the mail? Then they had the Washington, D.C. shooter, sniper. All right, I'm just like. This is why people do not believe in Generation X. This is why we don't believe you. If you ever wanted to know why Generation X is a skeptical, I think that what's that dude named Alex Jones? He probably Generation X. We don't believe a damn thing. Michael Jackson sleep sleep in a hyperbaric chamber. Oh, what the hell? He had a mortgage crisis. Hey, you can get an interest-only loan. You can pay no interest for five years. Then there'll be an adjustable rate. Generation Xers was looking at it like baby boomers was buying up homes left and right. <laughs> right? Baby boomers was like, hell yeah, we finally can get it. Ruined your credit. Baby boomers homeless to this day over that mortgage crisis. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, we fail for every damn thing. We, I mean, I failed. We were sold a lot of BS. It's Gen X. <laughs> we ain't got no time to believe stuff now. We just like, man, stop with the bull crap. Let me just get on anyway. But the Gen Z going to be super duper stupid by the time they get in. <laughs> I, I think Gen Z will probably be more skeptical too. Um, oh, not to add the divorce rates in our culture. Most of us grew up in broken home, latchkey kids, watching our mama go to a work, go to a job, acting strong and independent. Um, I think Gen Z will probably be, I, it's, it's, the jury's out on what they're going to figure out. Millennials. Let's bag on generations. Millennials. Millennials are the most unrealistic about life. You know what I mean? That millennials are gone. So it's too bad. You guys were never given a chance to begin with. But overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, you know what I mean? Like, you guys all think you're going to be millionaires and shit, <laughs> doing nothing, you know? But millennials shape the, the, the world, definitely. Gen Z, the jury's still out. Gen Z's going to have a hard time because these women are going to have a hard time figuring out life. You know what I mean? They Some of them are going to do well. Like, you can say millennial Mark Zuckerberg and all these people did well, .com and all. They did pretty good for themselves. But um, Gen Z, what are y'all going to do after OnlyFans goes down? Subway still hiring. Uh-oh. Did I say, oh, Kevin Samuel said that first. <laughs> I have to give credit where credit is due. All right, here we go here. 1-800-YOUNG-TRASH. Shout out to you. Haven't paid tuition in a while. Have you in a while? Have you seen the video of the baby's baby mama's brothers getting rolled up at the bowling alley? The communitized back at it again. Give him the price is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see the video at all. I didn't see the video at all, but I heard about it. Somebody talked about it other other day. Uh, or early this morning. So the baby, that dude was talking cash junk and he got beat up, but I guess he probably got jumped. Somebody was saying. Emmett Jones says, I'm in my Bobby the Brain Heenan voice, ham and eggers. So that's where I got ham and eggers, if everybody want to know. Ham and eggers. And people want to know what that is. You know, you can you can see it in your mind. You can see somebody out in Kansas, you know, regular old person rolling up to, to IHOP. What do you want? Ham and eggs for breakfast, you know. <laughs> Every day, ham and eggs. You know, somebody that goes to that restaurant somewhere in a small town, every day they eat the same ham and eggs. Every morning, same time of the day, same old, regular old, um, safe life. 
This is the baby boomers dream, the baby boomers wet dream. Save dollars, you know, save money and live safe. You know what I mean? All right, it's a ham and acre. Meanwhile, one disaster, they out broke, busted and disgusted. Shout out to the ham and eggers out there. Jedi, Jedi said, says, thanks for the research and wisdom, coach. I he- I'm here to help you. I researched all this. I didn't just say this off the top of my head. And I gave credit where credit was due. Daryl Blake, raised by my mother this entire time, growing up on Disney movies, all these gestures and social program me uh, to believe that girls out here are angels. And so that's another thing. That's the, uh, that's the other thing. Women never cheating. Guys are the dogs. And women would neither do that. Why would she do that? Women don't lie and believe all women. Guys, that is the dumb. See, look, it's not that I don't believe women. It's that I don't believe people. I want you guys to get it through your head. I don't believe people. And then when it comes to women, they typically will lie and get away with it. You know what I mean? Nobody holds them accountable. But if you told a woman one lie, she ain't never going to let you forget it. Right, but they be lying all day long. Let me show you. I did an article on this. And so this is the old sugar and spice and everything nice. Watch this. Uh, let's see here. I did this article here. There's two studies that I'm looking at here that differ, but it's interesting. Oh, hell, I got to accept the option. What the hell is this? All right, so let me pop this up. This isn't the exact same place that I got the article from, but let's just explain this. I I told you this story today. Most women tell three, I'm sorry, most women tell 30 films a day, or do they? More than a third of Britons admit that they lie every day, according to a survey. Um, And the lies are often chalked up to, I'm going to see if I can find it, because I didn't prepare to talk about this. The law, the lies, here it is right there. Uh, the reasons for the lies. Here it is right there. 50%, 55% of deceivers been the truth to, quote, make someone feel better. Make someone feel better. So in their mind, they're lying to make somebody feel good, right? But they're justifying the lie. Uh, so the article is right here. Most women tell 30 feels a day. And a lot of times they will embellish, add details, uh, make themselves to be like that the, they called the person out in person. Meanwhile, they really didn't call the person out in public. This is what they would have responded to if they would have thought about it, if they were witty enough, they had good timing, but they never used it. But they'll tell them, I told them off and I told them this. They probably didn't. All right. I've had four sisters. I've saw this in person. You know what I mean? So this is why when you've had sisters and close relatives that were female and you grew up with them, you automatically don't believe women are who the world wants you to believe them are that they are. And this is not to be against women, but what I'm just telling you is I'm a little more realistic about it. And it says uh, other reasons for fibbing, including quote, to not get in trouble. And cause, because life is complicated. (laughs) Mm. All right. Make someone feel better to not get in trouble. And because life is complicated, this is why they lie. All right. I've seen women lie. And guys, I've coached women, bro. I coach women for 15, 16, 17 years. I dealt with women every day. I've seen them lie all the time. So I don't come into this world just hurt on relationships. I come in with experience with women, living with them. I lived with three female roommates while post-college, right after college. 
And over a three-year period, I lived with three separate women. I, I saw them lie all the time. I saw them lie to other people. They lied to me. So what happens is if you never have exposure, you don't understand that they're just regular human beings, bro. And I treat them as such. And I often treat them with equality, which they don't like, which is very ironic. I'm like, what? when I hold you accountable and I treat you equally, you don't like it. But if I give you the benefit of the doubt, if I let you wiggle out of these situations, if I don't hold you accountable, you like me. Make that make sense. Briss Cloud says, Coach, one thing I learned about the hopeless romantic is that the insecurity is ridiculous. For real. Yeah, ridiculously real. Massive insecurities. And the reason why they're hopeless romantic is because they have character flaws or physical flaws that they want you to overlook. And if you're dumb enough to start overlooking them, because they're massively insecure, they can hold you accountable uh, of on, on the romance tip. Well, I thought you loved me, and I thought you said I was beautiful. I thought you said I was the beautiful, most beautiful woman of all times and ever. Now, she know, she knows she's not the most beautiful woman of all time, but you agreed to this romantic kick, and you agreed to it, and now she can hold you accountable for it for not following it anymore. As soon as you look at another girl's tail, wait, what are you looking at her tail? You don't like my tail? I have the best tail. You said my tail was the best when you was roaring up inside me. Right? Yeah. In essence, they're ugly. <laughs> All right? I'm trying to be nice. In essence, hopeless romantics are almost overwhelmingly ugly. If you want to be nice about it. All right? Why, why, why are they oftentimes ugly? They have to. I'm sorry. Why are they oftentimes hopeless romantics? Ugly people. Because they have to be in order to compete. They have to say it's about love. Love doesn't cost a thing. Love is blind. Love is the, they have to use these manipulative tactics to get you to agree. Otherwise, you wouldn't agree. If you just did it on standards of just beauty, you wouldn't get with them. You would be like, nah. But then she'll say, but I, I give the best love. Giving you the best that I've got. Right. You got to overcome all that. You basically got to accept all of that. Well, maybe. Beauty is only skin deep, right? Beauty is only skin deep. But ugly is to the bone, right? So what we have to understand is they'll use these phrases. Love don't uh, money don't make me happiness. All you need is love. This is often a hopeless romantic. They're lying to you. Right? This is what it is. They want you to overlook an obvious character flaw and get you to believe in something that is mythical. And hold you to a standard of something that overwhelmingly, I read articles, you cannot compete with. You can't stand, you can't keep the standards up. You can do it for about a week. And then what's going to happen is you're going to set the bar up here. First week you meet her, she's going to say, in order to get me, you got to do these things. And you'll be like, okay. And then you'll do them. And then what happens is like a drug, the next time you do them, it ain't going to be as good, right? And so you won't achieve that high anymore. So the bar, your level of performance drops, but the bar is up here. Well, how come you're not doing this? And how come we're not going out? And how come we're not doing this? She got your ass by the nose. So then you got to try harder and get the raise the bar. Oh, never put the bar so high in a relationship. Never put the bar so high in a relationship. Never come out the box swinging. This is why I'd rather say, hey, look, I ain't playing all that time thing. I'll pay the money. Because you come out the box swinging and the bar's up here now. <laughs> so now, guess what? you never going to compete with that. You have now set your standards up so high that she now is going to keep you to that standard. 
or she's not going to reward you for lower performance. It's stupid, right? I mean, I, I, like, look, I would never play that game. Never. All right. I'm never doing that. And if I ever catch myself doing it, I pull back. I just say, I'll give up. Hey, look, I'll block. I'll ghost. I'll say, hey, I made a mistake. Kaylin Ferguson says Valentine's Day was only created for women to get more gifts from men. They could have gotten on a regular day while he was either while he gets the same or no peace leave. Well, it wasn't created, but it's marketed that way. We already read why it's created. It's marketed that way. It's marketed that way for uh, various reasons, but um, that's neither here or there. Where are we at? Uh, Novi. Oh, Novi says, shout out to the gumps that are planning to propose on to their woman on Valentine's Day. They have no idea. Um, yeah, they're trying to make it a romantic gesture. You know, it's um, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, you know, people still believe in these things, and it's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you still believe in these things, don't be offended by my take. All right, I, I'm right. I am right. I know you've been conditioned to believe a certain way, ham and egg or stuff, you know. But I'm not ham and eggers. You know, I'm not a ham. I'm a breakfast burrito guy. <laughs> I don't eat ham and eggs for breakfast. No, we shout out to you. Swing Out Museum, Disney, Harlequin novels, and Sex in the City and R&B are the main drivers of. I'm not happy. <laughs> Anybody that quotes a movie or quotes an R&B song or a television show to demonstrate what a person should do romantically is the one of the biggest losers out here. You should avoid them at all costs. If they quote a R&B song, a movie, a country song, and or a television show or a romantic novel, leave them immediately. You will not compete. They're literally quoting. That's like you quoting prawn. Hey, baby, in the bedroom, that's like when she comes in. Did you order a pizza when you walk in the building? Did you order a pizza? You start going through the prawn script. And she says, oh, no, I didn't order a pizza, but you can deliver it here. All right, that's like that's the same thing, bro. And then you go in there, and then three seconds later, <laughs> women will overwhelmingly reject that idea, but they will accept the opposite of that. I'm sorry, the 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 synonym of that, which is romance. Yeah, we got extra sausage on this one, delivering extra sausage to you. Tell me where you'd like it delivered. Oh, I like it delivered in the back door. All right, here we go. <laughs> Come on, man. That's the same thing, ladies. Lionheart79, great stream coach. Keep up the good work. Valentine's Day is a big simp pass day. Shout out to him. He says that's facts. All right, Caitlin Ferguson says even the Fifty Shades of Grey movies was released on Valentine's Day. Another one of those things that they made uh, made you feel shame about for watching, but then they felt loving. They added a love story to BDSM, and they delivered it perfectly. Whoever wrote that book, I can't remember the lady that wrote that book. She delivered something that overwhelmingly was in a underground and uh, setting, and men and women, uh, uh, sorry, men overwhelmingly probably participated in this culture, and a few uh, masochist women did. But then they opened it up to the regular public, and then they made it a love story. And overwhelmingly, the, the woman manipulated the guy. She, she was the one that got over on him in that movie when he was the one in control, and they shifted it to she took control. A virgin, small-town, plain Jane, shifted control over the billionaire, 
and he fell head over heels. Never signed her contract. He kept asking her, sign a contract, sign a contract. She didn't in order to uh, uh, um, basically hold plausible deniability over him or state claim at whatever his fortune is. I mean, it's one of the dumbest stories of all time. And it was very vanilla. I was waiting for some action. I was like, boy, y'all ain't doing nothing. I do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Old dog says, coach, yeah. Uh, coach, you need Dexter for you for help you learn Patois. <laughs> I probably butchered that up. All my Caribbean brothers coach gang is like, yeah, I would I would suck in the Caribbean. He says, coach, you need Dexter for help you learn Patois. Old Lim says, Coach, remember satanic panic back in the 80s? I do. I do. I told you that story of when I got that skateboard magazine, Thrasher magazine. I'm watching, looking through Thrasher magazine, and I'm looking at the, the skateboarder named Natas. Right? Who remembers the skateboarder Natas and the satanic all the panic and all stuff like that? My mother saw me looking at that magazine. I must have put the poster on my wall or something. And my mother saw that. She was like, what? She went crazy. Nope. She's a church woman. She was like, what? And I was like, that's his name. <laughs> right? I'm like, that's his name, right? You know what that means? I was like, what? I don't know. And then guess what? You know what followed that? The Legion of Doom. So I'm watching wrestling. And the, the tag team, Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, face to face paint, right? Spikes on their shoulder pads. So I'm watching Legion of Doom and Natas. My mother was coming in there with the holy oil. Lord, help him, son. Help my son. She's sprinkling every damn thing, bro. She was like, this damn son. Oh, my God. The Lord need to come down, shine on my son. My son, he's falling into the satanic panic. Well, next thing you know, he'll be, he'll be taking his dog out. Man, it was crazy. My mother came in there with all that holy oil. Natas, oh my goodness, look at this. Don't you see? I was like, he from Sweden. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, he from Sweden. I don't know. Yeah, she was the one to find all kind of faults in that, bro. That was definitely, man, it was crazy. All right. Ray McKigney says, um, meat means, meat makes for a catchy acronym, but I'm most worried about sacrificing my space. He says, what about uh, warning men not to lose steam? He says that always want to, he says that they always want to move in. Oh, steam. So what do we hear? Space, We're losing your space. Yeah, that will happen too. <laughs> that will happen too. Yeah. Uh, once you lose your space, see guys, man, I don't know, man, you guys, I want all guys to know, like, you guys, uh, I don't know, man. You guys would move into cohabitation situations. Most of the time, you lose all your space. And you lose your peace, quiet, and freedom. Or the meats. That's to the Jamaican, coach. They will lock us up from all them bad words. You was uh, just cussing. Uh-oh. He says, if you ever take the trip down here, I'll teach you patois. Big ups, coach. All right, man. Hey, sorry, y'all. I'm not trying to get locked up in Jamaica. I don't know what goes down there. I don't have no source of history, no nothing. I don't want to get locked up. Uh, as long as they're serving jerk chicken, all right, I think we're good. Do I get jerk chicken in the Caribbean jail or nah? The AV Network guy says, enjoy some good old Texas barbecue. Here, you're enjoying it. He says, can I get some shuffling too? 
Shout out to the Texas brisket in the building. I know about that Texas brisket. Who has the best barbecue? Put it down there. St. Louis, Tejas. Uh, who else is in the mix there? St. Louis, uh, Memphis, Memphis barbecue. I think Kansas City wants to make a run. Um, there's some other people who had the best barbecue. Let them know down in the here and we'll shuffle. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What, what you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to you, man. Texas and I'm sorry, Kansas City putting in, they putting in a word for Kansas City. Santa Barbara, I don't know about that. Um, we got Memphis, a couple people here from Memphis, a couple Texas, man. Texas is quiet. That Bill Gates barbecue. Tri-tip in California. Yeah, tri-tip California thing for sure. Uh, let's see here. We got Birmingham in the building. South Korea. Oh, Korean barbecue. Hey, I forgot. Hey, I forgot. Korean barbecue is a thing, man. Yes, Korean barbecue. I've had Korean barbecue. Uh, yes, for sure. Alaska? Oh, okay. I got to end it on that. All right, let's do the rest of the Super Chat. Clifford Charles says the ham and eggs diet don't work the same. No, indeed. No, indeed. Ham and eggs. Lee Smith says DC Sniper hole punched all those people to mask his actual target, which was his ex-wife. If the coach gang was around back then, he would have... Uh, been all right. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an interesting story. I do remember that slightly, uh, seeing the documentary and it was his ex-wife that kind of drove him out there like that. Crazy, crazy story. TM says women lie, men lie, PUAs. He says, fake it till you make it, etc. Gents for a refresher. Watch the stream coach did on the lies women tell free agent lifestyle. And the lies are oftentimes, again, I always say this, uh, when women manipulate men, they basically say, well, just chalk it up. You know, they rarely punish. But when men manipulate women, it's often something you can point back and there's got to be something illegal about it. There's got to be a punishment. All right. Um, you've seen this with the whole, I think Myron Gaines had this phrase about um, if the woman doesn't put out, you punish her by creating competition anxiety or something like that. I can't remember what it was they were mad at, but that's an example. That's an example. It's like, what? No, that you can't do what? You know what I mean? They went crazy over that. And it's literally like, okay, she's not doing what you wanted to do, but she's not leaving you. She's basically saying, I'm not going to give you what you want, but I'm going to stay here. You can't remove me. And that's if you get me removed, I'm going to say I was a victim. So he's basically like, look, okay, you're not going to leave. You want me to keep giving you stuff, rewarding you. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to call another woman over. You can leave. You're like, you can easily leave. And so now they talk about that type of manipulation. It's got to be a crime. They will make it a crime. Yeah, to punish bad behavior type of thing. And they're basically like, no, we can behave bad. And we can behave bad and not leave your presence. You can't force us to leave. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's crazy. Uh... Sam Aponte, killer coach at it again. Shout out to the coach gang. We heard a couple of snowflakes today um, because they want to believe in love. If it is in love, why do I feel this way? This is new edition. This is new edition. All right. Because y'all, y'all be wanting me to stop every time I do something and say, give credit. I'm not plagiarizing. I'm sampling right now. <laughs> 
Why does it hurt so bad? How long can you actually believe in love, bro? And you know the one reason why women believe in love long? They'll be into their 50s and 60s. And then you're a gump. You don't know any better. You'll believe in it too, right? You're Because you're codependent. So men are codependent and horny. Women need a lottery ticket. You know what I mean? Mm. Like literally, if they find the right person, they win the lottery. They win, in essence, the form of the lottery. And so we always say, throw the towel in. Like women can literally be like, I'll throw the towel in. Um, they could be like, uh, what's the woman's name from, uh, we always did, uh, you know, some older women talk about they, they're done with relationships and all that stuff. They literally threw in the towel, but most women won't throw in the towel because there's a financial incentive, right? If they find the right person or the right sucker, they can get a home. They can get shelter, food, clothing, free dates all the way up until age 50, 60 and 70, right? As long as they believe, if they believe they can get it. And they'll go through, in those years, they'll go through 50 guys. 50. He wasn't doing right. So, you know, he wasn't acting right. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. And so this is called Western entitlement. This is what that is. It's Western entitlement. Nobody's supposed to do nothing for you. You lucky if I give you a bologna sandwich. I'm better than a bologna sandwich. I'm a, okay. Hey, look, ma'am. Uh, women outnumber men. <laughs> I mean, I got more options than you do for a romantic situation. All you got in your DMs are pipers. Rowdy, rowdy pipers. Dude, that will drop off salami. All right, that's all you got. None of them about to marry you at all. So go find it. I'll find another one. I'll be down at the junior college. Find me there. I'll be enrolled in classes. I'll be at campus looking at the <laughs> staring at everybody Martin Luther Lee right here. That's how I'll be on campus. I'll be in English Composition 101A, first year, 47 years old. Hey, professor, perhaps you'll teach me how to do composition. Get out your journals. Get out your blue books. Let's write something. That's how they used to do on my day. Now you probably write it on your iPad. Here we go. Let's write something on my iPad. Hey, young lady, do you know how to work this device? Pull up a chair. <laughs> Jasmine writes on me. After class, Jasmine writes, I'm there. Boy, I had a whole lineup lined up outside. Maybe down there. Hey, can you tell me, what does this Apple Pencil do? I'll help you. <laughs> Next time you come over here, Starbucks coffee and Jasmine writes on me. Come sit on, come sit down right here. Group project. Don't tempt me. I will enroll at the Orange County, Orange Coast Community College. They got surfer California girls. I wish they all could be California girls. That is the Beach Boys slash Rush Hour 1. We're giving credit where credit is due. Y'all got me on my toes today. Zero fallout. A moment of silence for all our brothers that lost to the meat grinder since Valentine's Day was founded. It's bad. Bad news. <laughs> bad news, brothers. Uh, yeah, a lot of you guys lost tons of money. Obi Trice says those romantic movies and novels make money because they know, uh, is it when, uh, white men are going to buy it, right? I think that's what you're saying there. Wait a minute. Or women are going to buy it. It's called selling a business product. It's called making money. 100%. It's called making money. And they want to believe in this dream. It's, it's, it's a dream. 
All right, TM says that jasmine rice and chicken. All right, that's what we got, baby. That's what you're getting in the bin? Give me that jasmine rice and chicken. All right, uh, Moron says, great lurk. Uh, much love, chat. Thank you, Moron, for being here. Nooski says, did you see Lizzo's latest Instagram picture? She back at it. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, women. What is going on with why is she posting pictures like that? It is beyond me. I don't get it. That has got to be some low self-esteem over there. She's literally posting pictures almost, I mean, pretty much new. And a lot of guys like that. Let's just call it what it is. There's guys that are going to like that. But I don't understand why a person of her caliber has to do stuff like that. It's very desperate. She's out of control. But somebody said this once, and I don't know who to give credit to. Lizzo might be an industry plant. Basically, I wouldn't, you know, as a skeptic, I do believe stuff like that. They put her in that situation. She's talented, but she's never going to be the poster child of uh, beauty, right? Or beauty standards. She's never going to fit to that. And these industry people put her out there to do these things uh, in order to disrupt disrupt the marketplace, disrupt and, and, and uh, distract. She's an agent of chaos. She's an agent of distraction. That's what she is, all right? Uh, so everybody got to understand it. Uh, this is why you can't follow some of these things. Sometimes, you know, we do it because we are in the business of social commentary, so it's easy to talk about. But if you follow these things, you don't realize that these chaotic events take place that are planned to distract you from what you need to do in your life, your purpose and whatnot. You don't understand that social media makes you the commodity they're selling you. This is why they give it to you for free and they use it to dumb you down instead of inform you. This is why in many of these platforms, if you're educational or if you have a strong take, in a strong opinion, they keep you down, all right? But if you are about buffoonery, if you are about silliness, they will let your ass rise through. They let you roll right up through the ranks, okay? And so they got you out there watching these dumb things, millions of millions of views, and they just let it fly. When people are out here using this to educate you, at least tell you about a philosophy, they squash it. They make it difficult for you. They make you jump through hoops and hurdles and whatnot. All right, this is all stuff that's planned. Lizzo was a plant, in essence, allegedly, going on here with this stuff. All right, and I accept it for what it is. You know what I mean? And I use it. I you I I still push forward. I still push forward. Uh, but there's no secret of what it is. All right, if you hitting on truth, they gonna make it difficult for you to keep hitting on it. Oh, he getting closer. But if I was about tap dancing all day and shuffling all day, I bet you if I came on here with some ignorant, <laughs> if I came on every day with just some flat out ignorance, ignorant stuff, they'd be letting this stuff get right up the algorithm. I mean, everywhere on Instagram, it don't matter what, what media device you're talking about. If I came on here and just doing whatever, I, they let it go fly right through. Look at this moron. All right. Um. She hit me with the I'm not happy, says, Coach, here's to the flowers fun. Cheers to freedom. Shout out to the flower buyers out here. Obi Trice says, back in the day, Victoria's Secret was so popular. These days, you don't hear about it anymore because they went bankrupt. <laughs> I mean, they went bankrupt. So, I mean, you know, you, you it's that's why you don't hear about them. There's nobody, there's no need for them. See, 
there was a time where you could get a Victoria's Secret catalog and spend all day in the bathroom pleasuring yourself to it. But now you can go to your Instagram and find women doing just as much. All right. That's, it's, um, it's, it's not even necessity anymore. And with Playboy magazine and whatnot. All right. Play, there's no need for a Playboy magazine. Right, you got all the Playboy you need right out in front of you in your palm. So there's no necessity for it. Now they went and took and woken it up. They they made it a woke thing. So now they're out there putting not so, I guess you're putting regular women or most of the time there's uh, I don't know who they're putting out there. They put that damn Megan Rapino out there on Victoria's Secret. Okay, there's no necessity for it. Lingerie is kind of a done thing. I mean, every time, every now and then, some women, uh, nobody needs lingerie. That makes women feel good. Men don't care about lingerie. Unless you're attractive wearing a lingerie. But if you ain't <laughs> attractive wearing lingerie, we don't care. And so the woke culture tore down that. Also, who was associated with lingerie? Um, I'm sorry, uh, Victoria's Secrets. None other than Epstein. So if you guys remember, Epstein, I believe... I believe it was part of the L, uh, the L brands <clears throat> at one point. And um, these guys were using that brand to attract some of these women and taking advantage of them. I believe this is all alleged. This is all alleged. Anything that I say that I can't be completely accurate about, it's going to be alleged. Yeah, L brands completely separated from uh, separation of the, the Victoria's Secret brand into an independent public company. So, yeah. And, of course, guess what? Then it doesn't fit the plus size agenda, too. So you had a lot of things working against Victoria's Secret, so it couldn't even, it couldn't stand. It couldn't stand in today's world. It's less, less Wexner, not legend, it's true. Yeah, Lex, Lex Wexner was over L brand, which Lex Wexner Wexner was the guy who let Epstein run his portfolio and L brands for a couple of years. So that's all tied together, right? And the models really, to me, were never attractive to me. I mean, they were attractive in their own way, but they weren't my type. I wasn't into that type of look, but uh, that was the model look pushed through by overwhelmingly women and Skittles clothing designers. And they blamed us for liking it. I was like, what? That's what y'all putting in front of us. She's nearly nude. You just like women that are skinny, iron aborted, flat back, long legs, little busties, little, little raisin titties, <laughs> beautiful hair, makeup, very much a beautiful feature. We're like, uh, yes. <laughs> we didn't make y'all do it, though. Long-backed it, long-legged. All right, you couldn't tell if she twisted her head around. You couldn't tell what was the front or the back. But we wasn't making the clothes. Sono Jono says, Coach laying out my playbook at the junior college minus the Jasmine Rice at the Applebee's two for 20. You guys know. You guys know you're going to be at the junior college taking classes. Pulling up in the parking lot in the 9-11. Yeah, man. Gonna take some classes today. Come out like Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. <laughs> Come out like, what's up, y'all? Hey, everybody. Ladies, now you do some stuff like that. It's crazy. 
The undisputed man Lizzo looks like Mark Henry in a wig. Nasty. I don't know, man. You can't push that seat. Kaylin Ferguson says, I suppose that Valentine's Day is the Super Bowl of love. I say that since it's a day after the big game. If so, it would be massive, a massive ratings fail. Uh, so, yeah, it is kind of the Super Bowl of love. Yeah. Super Bowl is a little later than normal. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. They had an extra playoff game this year. Obi Trice says, Coach, I'm Jamaican. You can Google how to speak Jamaican. You will learn a lot of good and bad words. That's kind of how you learn languages anyway. You learn the bad words first. And then you can patch everything else together. All right, because you're going to need the bad words first, too. All right, shout out to the Coach Gang. Thanks for joining me here. We got Friday calling show, but we got Friday morning show. Uh, still developing the topics for that. Appreciate y'all for being here. You guys have a good night. And have yourself a good night with your Kayleys or your Tamikas or your Linglings or your Gorditas or your Latina chicks or whatever, your Mamacitas, your Senoritas, all of that, brothers. Let's take you out with uh, the diet don't work the same, lady. How about that? The research says that black women, when we do the same diets as white women, we lose less weight and we lose it slower, even when we're following the diet than our white women counterparts. And what, and what public health practitioners think is that our stress responses in the body change our metabolism. It's literally that the racism that you're experiencing and the struggle to make ends meet actually means the diet don't work for you the same. <laughs>